Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Good evening, you're listening to Love Sport Radio. This is the Arsenal Fan Show with the guys from Gunners Town, Charlie East and Chris Howard. With me, Matt Beadle, here through to 8pm this evening. How are we, chaps? Very well. Yeah, uh, Scorching. Scorchio. It is scorching. We must mention that the aircon has gone on the blink in this studio, so we're rather hot <laughs> this and is rather hot, sweaty. This is a hot episode, not least because of the news, but also because... I, my face is melting. <laughs> you and me both. Yet you're still wearing a waistcoat, Chris. Always on brand. Always on Always brand. On I brand, like it. Matt. This is a common theme throughout this <laughs> I show. I cannot guarantee that by the end of it, I will not have stripped right down, Charlie. You can look forward to that, mate. <laughs> well, guys, there is an abundance of topics to yeah. talk about. The elephant in the room being Nicolas Pepe, that £72 million deal that looks like it's very, very nearly very there. Very excited about So this. excited. I mean, this is such a, a coup. Can you say this is a coup for Arsenal? Oh, because so. Super coup. Super coup. I mean, uber coup. Oh, an uber coup. All the talk was about Will Zaha. It looked like that was the, the transfer that was going to happen this summer. Two Arsenal fans probably a bit more in the know that Pepe was being looked at by Arsenal for quite a while. But to the average football fan, this guy's come out of nowhere. Brilliant stats last season with Lille. It looks like that that transfers over the line. It looks like Will Zaha won't happen. So we're going to talk to David Cartledge uh, in the next segment about that. But just your initial reaction, fellas. I'm over the moon. He was my first choice winger target, to be honest with you. Um, so that was the man, when the when the transfer window opened, that's who you wanted Arsenal well, to we, sign? We were linked with a lot of players. And it was we were more linked with him, I think, towards the end of last season when we looked like we were going to get Champions League football. So I think it was there was a lot of sort of debate. If we didn't make Champions League... Could we still afford him? But props off to Raul and his team for pulling this off. Really yeah. It is a, it's a massive, massive signing. Because considering it's supposedly, I just read somewhere a minute ago that uh, Liverpool, United, PSG, Napoli, mm-hmm. all had bids accepted for him. And we're getting him. Let's be honest, this is a statement of intent. I agree. From the club. And um, I think that is quite an important thing to appreciate really because we were we've been fed this story about Arsenal <laughs> and the lack of transfer funds available and you know maybe it was there's a bit of a caveat here because um there's this 45 million pound uh, figure that's been quoted but if you listen to all of the stories we talk about instalments so you well, know it's amortized fair, over a period of time but Charlie here <laughs> Charlie's not only talked up Pepe for the last few months, but he's also set, he's also absolutely smashed the uh, forty-five million pounds apart. I don't know if we've done it on air or just. I've said it on air that it's a load of rubbish, and Arsenal are using it in their, uh, <laughs> in their in their negotiating game. And so this was purely a ploy from Arsenal, I've, just I've, plucked out of of nowhere. Forty million pounds. Everybody's been talking about it. The fact that, and as well that the first bid for Zaha was forty million pounds, yeah, right? And we'd already signed Martinelli by then. Um, and even Vino, I said at the Q and A in the week that this forty-five million figure—I don't recognise this. Well, who who said that? I mean, we, yeah. we obviously we have got restrictions than we would because we're in Europa League again. But this forty-five million fee—where where has it come from? Some press, someone in the press has said it, and I, I don't doubt for one minute Arsenal may have leaked it out to someone in the press and used it as a negotiating tool. So if they have. What a blinder. And why don't we start playing? Do you know what? I'm glad that we are doing this now. Let's actually 
start fo- start firing some uh, red herrings at the press because you know if it means that we're going to get deals done like this over the line, then happy days. If Tierney happens as well, maybe Arsenal may have played a bit of a blinder again regarding Hagelin, Hagelin, Hagelin. You've got an injured player who's not going to be get, not training, and you've just saved yourself maybe two hundred and fifty thousand pounds. Uh, now a quarter of a million again just by delaying the transfer. Is this ingenuity, fellas, at boardroom level that we never knew existed at the Emirates? Mm, I don't know. I think time to tell. I think I think only time will tell on that. But personally, <laughs> Royals come in and they've got their brought on their due. It's a new structure at the club that we've never seen before, Arsenal Football Club, like this. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm really positive going this season. And I said to someone on Twitter the other day, and it got a good, quite a good bit of feedback, saying, I think we're going to surprise people. You're in other people saying that we're going to be the team that's going to drop out of the top six. Absolutely ridiculous. Oh, here he goes, with Mr. Positive with again. The defense I'll bring you got, back down to earth in a minute, Matt. It's fine. With the defence we've got or not, there's not a hope in hell we are going to finish outside top six this season. Chelsea might. May United might. It won't be us. i tell you what, I, I, I'm hopeful, and I think this is a, as I said, statement of intent, but... At the moment, we're going to play, what, a two, four, seven. We're going to play, I don't know what formation we're going to play, but it's going to be all the forwards because by the look of it. Because if you look at the Emirates Cup at the weekend, uh, we weren't too bad defensively. It could have been worse, but we were still ropey at times. And there are some performances in there which were positive, but I feel like those performances were in the middle and final third yeah. rather than the defensive third. No, I agree. And I, thought, I think Chambers... Um, Chambers' performances hold preseason being positive. I think I think he's gonna. I mean, if you go through the centre halves we've got, I know we was talking about we need a centre half. We need to get rid of people first. The numbers we've got, you've got Koscielny still there. We need to get rid of him. You've got Chambers. You've got Holding coming back. You've got Mavroponis. You've got uh, the other Mustafi. Exactly. So, but but that's six. And Monreal, I think, if we sign Tierney, he's going to be considered as, a, as probably a centre half this yep. season. If we play enough three, that's seven centre halves. Hmm. So you've got to get rid of them. You've got to get rid of a couple before you can bring in, and you have to. Well, you mentioned the Emirates Cup there, Chris, and you said that defensively you didn't look too bad. When you look at the goals conceded, the second one, pretty much a knife through butter, ball over the top that Moussa Dembele finished off quite nicely. In the first one, you would say that Callum Chambers was caught napping for what was mm. one of the most relaxed goals you've ever seen in your yeah. life. Do you know what I'd say before that is the build-up to that. If you watch the guy on the left-hand side, it was um, Memphis. Memphis. Yeah. Um, he's basically just dropped a shoulder and just ran in a straight line. And I think Maitland-Niles was... He was a little bit weak there, if I'm honest with you, <sighs> because he just seemed to hang a leg out and it was a bit lazy, I wasn't it? it seemed... I, th- I just think the game at that point... Was a bit easy, and yeah. I think everyone just a bit sort of. It was a, such a pre-season friendly feel about it. It was really slow. The crowd was really quiet. I think we just got caught a bit. Hopefully, it wouldn't happen in a league game. But mm. We just caught caught a bit asleep. And the second goal was actually offside. To be yeah, fair. I know everyone's the... giving Mustafi a bit of grief for his out. He was offside the guy. Mm. So. Is it this season? Is VAR yeah, doing that VAR this season? Would, yeah, yeah, VAR yeah, would have cut out this season. VAR would have ruled it out. However, you don't want to see your centre-half no, just putting his hand up and then just jogging back. But I'm going to say this. It's not just Mustafi. It was Sogradis as well. It was Sogradis as well. Both of them just look so lethargic. And the one that actually got closest to the to Dembele as he was bearing down on goal was Maitland-Niles because he's got that recovery. I, I don't like Sogradis when he plays on the left of a two either. I think he's always bit on the right. 
Mm. I think he's right-footed. I just think he, the best he looked last season is when he had Holden alongside him. It was a bit of balance. He had a left foot and a right foot, centre-half next to each other. And that's when we looked our best last season. He had Socrates, Holden. And I, I, I just, I personally feel that he's always better on the right-hand side. Because well. used to play on the left as well, didn't he? Yeah. And he always looked more comfortable. And that ball that come through, he just got caught out of position as well, Socrates, as well, in Mustafi's defence. Because he, he bore the... Wore the brunt of the uh, the stick yesterday for that, but mm. I think it was a bit of both of them. Well, all roads seem <clears> to be leading to Rob Holding, don't they, when he comes back from fitness? And interestingly, we speak to the guys from the Fulhamish pod on this on this show quite a lot. And Don Betts was saying how one of Fulham's standout performers last year was Callum Chambers, but not as a centre back, very much as a holding midfielder. Which he hasn't got the recovery pace, has he? Like the one thing about Koscielny was Koscielny would make mistakes. You know, Koscielny of four or five years ago, but his recovery pace was good. Uh, the player that always amazed me with his recovery pace was Sol Campbell. Like, oh, he was quick, brilliant yeah. because he was an absolute unit, but he mm. was just so quick across the ground. But Chambers doesn't seem to have that, and he doesn't seem to have the same sort of, I don't know, um, uh, mental ability, or the he doesn't have it up here think, compared to someone like Mertesacker. Because so Mer- Mertesacker made up smart, for his pace yeah. by mm. being very smart. And I've, does Chambers have that? I think the club must fancy him, though, to be fair, because he is one there's of... there's no one else. No, but I'll say, but he is one of the few that's worth a few quid to sell, as a sell-on value. Yeah. He's young, he's English, proud of You'd probably get your 25 mil for him. And for a club that's supposedly so skint, <laughs> you would have thought that he would have been one of the first ones we would have tried to get out of the door. So I think they're going to give him a good chance this year. I think he, the whole of pre-season he's played centre-half. I can't see him playing anywhere else at the minute. Because you think with midfield, we've got Kunduzi come back now, Torreira, Xhaka... Willock. Willock. Willock, which you must mention. Let's have a word. Willock well, pre-season has been absolutely... I've, I've been on here before, so I don't really fancy him. He's been superb pre-season. I think just your youngsters as a whole, I know we love to talk about youngsters on this show, but yet Joe Willock impressed yesterday. Reese Nelson again Reece stepped Nelson up. Really Even thing. Eddie Nketiah, to a, I know that you're not sure on Nketiah, Chris. He's a lot of chances, I think. He has, but there was a moment in yesterday's game where he had his back to goal in the area, he'd received it from Nelson, his back to goal, and he showed real craftsmanship to sort of... He turned and mark, then... Yeah, yeah. turn and got the shot away, and that is a real sign of, of a top, top striker. I think, see, I think you'll see him get a chance this year. I think the mere fact Arsenal sort of. I think he'll get minutes. I think he will. I yeah. just it's that last season there were times in the Europa League where I watched him and thought there's just something where there's a hesitancy about taking that chance and you don't get many chances as in top flight football you don't get that many chances and if he's going to get two or three chances in a game and not take them how many times is it before he's hooked? I agree, but I think the pre-season had this year. He has been given that bit of a, oh, well done. He's been brilliant, scored goals. And it's all about confidence, a young player. Once mm. you do well, if you can get an early goal in one of the early games of the season, hopefully he can build on and he gets his opportunity. Because he's only realistically going to play if I, one, we're chasing a game really bad, we need a goal, or if we're two, three, four new up. Mm. So he's not going to be thrown in the deep end straight away. That's the one position he's not going to because we've got two in front. Well, it depends uh, if Lacker's uh, protective boot is worse than we thought. Well, he was training today normally, wasn't he, without no boot on? There were some images, weren't there? Yeah. Some, some footage was put out of him training, training in the and... gym, like normal. So, if I stub my toe, I don't get a protective boot. Maybe I should ask my missus. Well, um, was she it... could just, you know... Well, he twisted I, it. It's all precautionary myself, so. nowadays. They put him in there just to... Just to protect it really it looks a lot worse than it was and it was was it not more of a sprained ankle as well a slight twist I mean 
Part of me thinks he shouldn't have played. I know he was playing against his former club and maybe there was that element of him wanting to turn out against his old mm. club. But you'd think being dragged after 12 minutes, there was no point, mm. was there? No. Well, no, exactly. It, 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 it happened literally in the second minute. I don't know if you see it. It happened in the yeah, second yeah. minute. And he was, wasn't was moving very well, was he? And then he had another run through the middle. And I thought, oh, he's all right now. Because he, he made a good run and he looked fine. And then he started limping again. And, I, and even I was going, get him yeah. off lively. I don't, yeah. I think it's I don't just terrifying when you see that protective boot on oh, him and you think I the know. worst. Well, I, I guess picture. really what I'm angling here for is somebody, if they could just crowdfund me a protective boot, then when <laughs> I've got a problem, I can just do that. And then when my missus wants me to do the hoovering or whatever it is, I can be like... I'm out. Sorry. Next week. <laughs> done. <laughs> On his partner and his good pal, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. We talk about him every week, of course. But looked sharp again. When you look at his stats, I was reading a stat. That's 26 goals just at the Emirates since he signed. Incredible stats. He looked sharp. And Mkhitaryan, who we talked again on, on this show last week and said perhaps it's time for him to leave, looked quite decent looked yesterday. Looked good in the first half. First half looked really good. Smashed that ball across the face great of the ball. box. And he had the uh, the volley as well to keep him made an yeah. unbelievable save. That's mm. a great save, how he kept that out. And I, I, I just thought, he, I don't think he could play the same team as Ozil. I think that's the problem. I don't think they could play together. But yesterday he found a bit... Mkhitaryan just moved side to side. Didn't really sort of have a set position where he's before he'd been out wide right. When Lacazette went off, it seemed like he had a lot more freedom, Mkhitaryan, because they, they put Lacazette out, um, Nelson out right. And Mkhitaryan was more just in the hole behind Aubameyang. And he's moved about a bit. I thought Gunduzi done well with state. Because it was his first, his first game back since his holidays. And we played 45 minutes. But he looked really well, good yesterday again. I think, I think the whole of pre-season's been all right, to be fair. I'm quite happy with it. We've got two more games. Uh, all the past owner players are in Ushuaia and Ibiza last night. So I don't know how fit they're <laughs> going to be next Sunday when we play them. So, um, no, I think get a couple more signings in. It's been a good pre-season. The players seem to look quite fresh and ready to go. I'd still chuck Mkhitaryan in the bin, though, mate. <laughs> well, if I'm honest. Okay, well, let's not be too <laughs> yeah, harsh. No, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have him. I'm, I'm happy for him to stay. I think we need a big squad this year. Nice. And a man who definitely will not be signing, we're, we're led to believe, is Sammy Kadira, obviously, in the stands yeah. yesterday. Just there to enjoy a day out and watch the football. But a man who is at Arsenal and did make his first appearance was Danny Ceballos. We're going to be talking to David Cartledge, Spanish football writer for ESPN, after this. A bit more about that. Love sports. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Arsenal Fan Show with the guys from Gunnerstown, Charlie East and Chris Howard. Me, Matt Beadle, with you through to 8pm this evening. If you want to get in touch with us, very easy to do so. 0208 70 20 558. That number is on WhatsApp as well. Or tweet us at Love Sport Radio. Right, fellas, we're going to be chatting a bit about Danny Ceballos next. This is a guy who's come in from Real Madrid on loan. And there's a lovely story to this. And the fact that he's from the same town as Jose Antonio Reyes and he spoke out and said that he saw the image of Reyes when he first walked into the training ground and that made him feel really good. And he sees this as a big step forward for him in his career. So to talk more about that is David Cartledge, Spanish football writer for ESPN. David, is this a big step forward for Danny Ceballos? Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's an important move in his career, I think. that it's, um, I don't want to say stagnated. I was just going to say maybe... Hasn't you know? It has failed to take off this far. Um, he's had some fantastic moments um, in his career already, but I think there's a lot more to to come from him. And so I understand where he sees this as a, a big step forward because he knows that he's going to play regularly, um, and he and he didn't do that at Real Madrid. Hi, David. It's Chris here. Um, a quick question: hey. Is there issues between Zidane and Ceballos? Are no, there there's issues? no personal issue. There's no personal issue. There's there's never been anything. 
wrong at all with Ceballos' uh, behaviour, attitude, anything like that. Um, it's purely been an issue of Zidane not giving him the, the right fit for the team um, and also having a huge amount of faith in that old school. The, the, sorry, the you know, the tried and tested, you know, Casemiro, Cruz and Luka Modric, he didn't want to break that up. Uh, very stubborn character, Zidane. Uh, others have fallen by the wayside and he just didn't have uh, trust in any of the young players and that's why we've seen several go this summer. So, so with that, do you think... Mm. So there's a few... I've, I've listened to a few podcasts and heard a few Arsenal fans talking about whether <clears> or not we could potentially... I mean, it's not a, a buy at the end at the moment, but mm. is there... Do you think there's the outside opportunity if this becomes a successful loan that he could stay at Arsenal? Or I know he said, I'd like to return to Real Madrid, but if Zidane mm. isn't going to invest in him sort of personally, then, you know, is there the, the chance for Arsenal to keep him? I mean, at the moment, um, you know, you're looking at it while Zidane is still there. I just don't see a window for him because ultimately, and something else comes into this as well, and that's the Pogba factor. Um, Zidane really wants him uh, and, and Kylian Mbappe above any other players in world football right now. So if Pogba were to come in, whether it be this summer or next summer, that's another door slammed in front of Ceballos' face. Zidane doesn't really, you know, he isn't really enamoured with Ceballos to the level that like, oh, you go away for a year and then come back and then you've got a place in the team. He hasn't told him that. It's Ceballos' desire to succeed. He believes he's good enough for Real Madrid. I believe he's certainly good enough for Real Madrid. I think he could walk into that team this season, but that's just my opinion. Um, but Zidane doesn't really see it like that. So, yeah, to answer your question, I think there's absolutely a chance he could stay beyond this year. Hi, David. Charlie here. Um, hey. Where do you see him playing for Arsenal? I mean, I've, I've seen lots of clips yeah. of him and hearing lots of things. People say he can play in the hole, people play in his box-to-box. Where would you see him flourish at Arsenal? And in what sort of players... Arsenal, do you think he will play alongside best? Yeah. Um, I honestly can't see him playing alongside. I think Gwen is the only player I've looked at and thought I don't think they could coexist. But I think it would probably leave too much of a hole um, <clears throat> behind them. And I think in front of the defence as well, I don't think there'd be enough cover there. Um, so I think alongside a defensive midfielder, maybe either Torreira or Xhaka, or makes a lot of sense to me. He's kind of a number eight. I think a number eight role is, is where he plays the best. Um, he can view the field better there. He can get a hold of the ball uh, and dictate play. And he can look to shift into wide areas, to attackers, to the number 10. Um, so that's where I do see him. But the other option is that, because he's quite flexible. He's, he's a very flexible midfielder. You can play him in a few roles. He could play as a number 10, absolutely. Um if Emery continues to, you know, be disappointed with Ozil for whatever reason or not fancy him, then there's no reason why Ceballos can't maybe step into that role as well. So do you think, David, here, I mean, you're talking about the obstacles that might face Ceballos in the mm. future. Do you think it's likely this could become a permanent deal? Um, I'm going to say there's more chances of him going back to Real Madrid as things stand today. But, you know, if things, were, like I say, things can change quickly if if Pogba or somebody else comes in I just don't think Zidane fancies him but we don't know if Zidane's going to be there as well so it's just it's all up in the air and you did mention and this isn't a specific Arsenal question but you did mention the fact that Zidane clearly is going all out for Paul Pogba and Kylian Mbappe Mm. those are the two players that he fancies that he wants at Real Madrid how likely is this because we had a journal on the show um, a couple of days ago regarding Paul Pogba and he said it was from Manchester Evening News in fact he said absolutely not will Paul Pogba be leaving United in this window 
yeah, I, I, I think it would be ridiculous to completely rule out anything in football right now. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can say, you know, this isn't going to happen, you know, and, and that is going to happen. You can't say with that. I think it's all very much open. Um, a lot of it is based upon Real Madrid generating money from sales. Now, James Rodriguez looks like he's going to stay. So that could be 60, 50, 60 million, you know, that Real Madrid now don't have, but they could raise it elsewhere. Um, that's what it's about. Players need to leave Real Madrid. Money needs to be raised, um, and then they'll make a. They're definitely going to, you know, have one more go for Pog before this window is out. Zidane wants it. Zidane believes that, you know, there's a chance. I know for a fact that Real Madrid are confident that they can get a deal done. Um, so, but so yeah, you can't rule anything out. He could stay. He could go. Um, it's not that I'm just wanting to make a decision. You know, I'm not sitting on the fence here. That's just how <laughs> things are. It could go either way. David, back to. Uh... Cabellos, as I say his name. Ceballos. Yeah. Um, Ceballos, sorry. Um, yeah. I watched him yesterday. Uh, it was only 22 yeah. minutes. He had some nice touches. He didn't give the ball away that much. And he he does like to beat a player. But what I was really impressed with him was his his movement trying to create space for others and also the way yeah. he was dictating the play to a lot of the younger players. Like, tell them, go there. Tell them. To... And a couple of times he mm-hmm. got a little bit frustrated with but he didn't do what he'd done or didn't do the simple ball. Yeah. Is he very much a leader in that team? Absolutely. Um, I wrote a piece on this because I think it's something that people uh, don't really acknowledge because Ceballos is still a young player himself as well. But he is a massive leader. He has such a desire to be on the ball in games, to to not hide. He wants to be at the centre of everything. He wants to be in control. He wants to lead. And I think it's an unbelievable quality. It's a very rare quality in in a young player, I think. A lot of young players hide. They may be... You know, they don't have enough of belief in their ability, potentially. Um, but Tobias has all those things. Um, and and he, he has given out orders to all the players a lot for a long, long time now. I know a great story of in Real Betis' um, promotion year when they were trying to get back to La Liga. The older heads in the dressing room used to give over the team talks to Ceballos when they were coming out in the tunnel. because And, and this is Ceballos, who was 19 at the time. Um, because he was such a big voice, such a confident player, such a you know an inspiring character. Um, he's had the armband as well for Spain at youth level, at various levels. So yeah, he's he's got that about him. And yes, he will get frustrated, but I think it's just because he wants the best for everybody. He he really is a winner. Um, and I know he's a young player, but really, there's so much about him in terms of character. So the last question, real from me as well, uh, David. Mm-hmm. Thinking of fantasy league, he's someone to slip in goals and assists. Um, I know he likes a long shot, um, but I'm not too sure whether he's going to be anywhere near the, you know, the, the assists and the goals. I think he's going to be putting everything together. I think he's yeah. going to be pulling the strings. So that's maybe why he's not a, a fantasy player. Is he a Ramsey replacement for Arsenal? Do you think? No, I, I, this was put to me, and I, I don't think he. I don't think he is. No, I think. Funnily enough, I think if Arsenal had signed uh, Pablo Fornals, who yeah, went you know to West what? Ham, he's someone. I'm, he's a fantastic player for now. That's a great job yeah. for West Ham. I think. If, if Arsenal had signed him, I would have said, OK, that's the like, like replacement for Ramsey. That they had a lot more in common, I thought. But not Ceballos. No, no. Ceballos is more of a, a strings puller. So I think yeah, everybody's wanting somebody to really take hold of this team, make it his own, that particular player his own. So in Ceballos's case, him. Uh, and, and, you know, really bring the team forward. So I think that's what this, this move is. So dare I say, um, Santi Cazorla-esque. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely more Casola than Ramsey, absolutely. Well, little Spanish midfielders always done all right, Arsenal. So as long that yep. long that may continue. <laughs> uh-huh. David, thank you very much for your time, buddy. Cheers for joining us. Thanks, David. Thank you. Night. That was David Cartledge, Spanish football writer for ESPN. More chaps.
Ceballos, confident, winner, a leader, a captain, strong in the dressing room, sounds just like what Arsenal need in that midfield. Definitely. I'm getting excited. There you I go. Do, I've got to be honest with you. And yesterday, even though it was only a small bit of it, I just saw when he picked up the ball and then he's quickly releasing the ball and then he's quickly <clears> moving <throat> to space and he's, he beats he's driving. Well. Yeah, we he don't have a shoulder drop. Jacker and Torreira, more so Jacker will pass side to side. He, he, he dropped the shoulder and went away. Just a couple of times he showed that. He got a free kick right there, Gieri, which nipped him before someone else. He's quite quick. I mean, we lacked a bit of energy in the middle, I think. And that's why Torreira was... As much as Gunduzi is fantastic. He is. I like Gunduzi. He's not a, like a, a quick energy. He gets the ball. He controls it. He picks a pass. We need a bit of a, a hustle and bustler in there, I think. And he seems like he's got that with Ozil in the middle. not giving you that. Xhaka's not giving you that. Torreira does to an extent, but he's a bit deeper. We need someone to travel with a ball. We don't really have that. It's amazing what a new signing like that can do just to build the atmosphere. Because you're yeah. right. You mm. said when he dropped that shoulder, there was a moment in the game yesterday where he dropped his shoulder, did a bit of a dribble, and People you could on hear their feet. it. Yeah, yeah, you could hear it. In and the, that's what Reese Nelson's going to give to us as well. I think. If, I don't know how much he's going to play. And Nicholas Pepe. And Nicholas Pepe. Oh, we get on to Pepe. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. But I, I mean, when I first see it was linked with Danny Ceballos, I was really happy. And you know what? I know everyone takes the mickey and stuff like that, but for two players, we haven't mentioned William Saliba either, obviously that's now done since mm-hmm. we've last met. The, both players have, were in constant talk with Tottenham and have chosen us a, 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 an Arsenal team that I suppose he's seen in this dire straits, no Champions League football. And both of these players have chosen Arsenal over Tottenham. And I'll just say once again, that's a huge, huge statement for us that Arsenal are still forced to be reckoned around Europe. They, they really are. Maybe England depressed, try and knock us down. But around Europe, we're still a huge, huge club in the eyes of everyone. So I'm able to move it, to be fair. Absolutely. And sometimes when you have a quiet pre-season and no one's talking about you, it's the perfect, perfect preparation for a new campaign. And you mentioned William Saliba there. Just reading some of his quotes when he signed and the fact that he said, I need to be fit and ready and prepared for the Premier League and for Arsenal. This is a massive club. That's why I've gone back to San Etienne for another season so I can be ready. But next, it is all about a certain man named Nicolas Pepe. This is Love Sport. This is the Arsenal Fans Show on Love Sport. The guys from Gunnerstown, the very knowledgeable guys from Gunnerstown, Charlie East and Chris Howard, here with me, Matt Beadle, through to 8pm tonight. We're about halfway through the show. Charlie waving the door in front of me here to get some sort of drafting because <laughs> we are boiling. Hot. The aircon is on the blink and we're very, very hot. But speaking of someone who's very, very hot is Nicolas Pepe. Fellas, £72 million. We're nearly there. He's nearly at the Emirates. I'm so, I'm so happy. Salivating. I, Actually I am, salivating. I am really, really happy about it. And we've we've lacked this player who can beat someone, who can go past someone a one-on-one. We've not had one probably since Thierry Henry. That's, that's, a, that's a long time. Someone who could one-on-one with a man, drop shoulder, go, beat them and score a goal. He's he quick. He's tricky. He's 24. He's only young. We've got... Mm. And he's one of the hottest properties in Europe, and we've got him. I'm, I'm absolutely over the moon. I think what's interesting about this is you talk about, so I'm sure we could talk about Zahara in a minute, but um, they talk, uh, Crystal Palace fans talk about how Zahara actually brings two or three players onto him. So if you've got someone like Pepe playing, is that two or three players? And then if you've got someone like Oba playing, is that one or two players? And if you've got someone like Lacazette playing, is that... You ain't got enough players, so what, it's it's that's from that perspective it's exciting. You know I think could one of the things this? that we need to do as a club, if this comes in, is we need to be better at going from back to front yeah. quicker. Like the uh, the old Arsenal, you know, we're we're on we're on the edge of our box, 
And then you've got someone like Aubameyang, and you've got someone what like Liverpool Pepe. Liverpool so good at? And yeah, Liverpool absolutely, front to back within about four seconds. And you've got teams off, you know. And that's the problem. We've we spent last season and the last couple of seasons essentially with teams sitting up with, with us playing the ball all in front of us and it's slow and laborious and we've not been able to get in behind teams. And this is the sort of player that will do that. You know who could benefit from this greatly as well? And he gets a lot of stick at me. Mesut Ozil. Mesut Ozil on his mm. best was at Real Madrid. He had Ronaldo going on one side. He had all these just flurry of attackers at Real Madrid just Benzema. bombing forward. Do you know what I mean? Now he's going to have someone who can get in behind and do the run. Bellerin coming around the outside when he's fit, obviously. I, I just think he's the sort of player we, we've craved for so long. I know everyone's talked about the centre-half, but a right winger is something... Sanchez used to beat a player. It probably wasn't as quick as maybe Pepe, but he used to beat a player in a one-on-one situation. But to have someone now who could go past players at ease, mm. like a Mane Liverpool's got, mm. and I think I think he's going to be our sort of player for right now. And, and I'm, I, I generally... I'm, really, I'm still shocked. So... Where is he playing, first and foremost? Right midfield. Right midfield, right that's, right. that's where he's going to be. I would say of a three. Right so over three. Right over three. So who's your other two in that midfield? Bamiang and Lacazette for me. Or yeah. Up top, front of three. Or one of Bamiang and Lacazette and then Nelson on the left. You can do that. I mean, we throughout the season, we're going to need to rotate because they're not going to yeah. stay fit the whole time. But, yeah, that's a... I like Bamiang at the top and all, but obviously Lacazette... It's, it's, We've got options. What I'd like to see is more rotation. I'd like to see Aubameyang, Lacazette, Pepe talking to each other and communicating and saying, I tell you what, I'm going up top for five minutes. Yeah. And then saying, actually, I'm going to have no now, yeah. but you go left. Because that makes it more difficult for defenders to be able to suss out. Well, we saw you know, it with Liverpool, right? That front yeah. three of Mane, Firmino and Salah. You just you didn't rotate. know what was going on. And the Lacazette, the Lacazette and Firmino comparison as well. Lacazette drops in really well, which can allow the other two to get round him. So... Used to just be Lacazette drop in, a Batman would go there, defender just read that, you mm. know it's only a Batman and get round there. The other one's gonna be a Woby or Mikaterian, you're not gonna sort of go now you've got Lacazette drops in, centre half goes in, you've got two people who are rapid, boom, in behind. And it, and, and that could be where back to Ozil, that, that's his forte again. I mean so hopefully um I, I don't wanna to sound too excited, but well, you do. Uh, uh, well, you do, Charlie. Yeah, we're well, about to send seventy-five million on a player. <laughs> and a lot, there's been a lot of chat about this and the fee. And some people are saying this is just knee-jerk because of the We Care Do You campaign. And no, the fact no, that no, 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 But this has been planned. This has been right? planned. I've been after this guy for a long time, and I'd happily say that if we'd have made, if we'd have beat Baku, if we'd have been Chelsea and Baku, that that had been done that week. Would have been done and dusted already. Really? That was he wanted to play Champions League football, which mm. is the thing. And for us to pull it off with us not having Champions League football, once again, what I spoke about earlier on, is credit to the, the people doing the the deals. Like we we do get a lot of stick, and and rightly so. I'm not one to say like, and I'm not one of these people saying we cared, uh, we cared to you campaign has changed this, because, okay, that 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 has raised the awareness of things and. We still want account the weekend. Yeah. We still want accountability at the it's top. Not just you know, about if, they're not transfers. Su- if they're not succeeding, then we want we want people to be held responsible. What's the situation with the European Super League? Yeah. What's the situation with safety? There's a lot of exactly. issues. We were in the room that that started, and, and as we said, we, we, we and even the first show we brought out, we said it's not just about signings. Obviously, we do want signings, and but there's a lot more behind that. And obviously, but today I'm going to be a lot more positive. Well, Pepe coming in. This is, so, this, so this is the exciting thing. So there's a few things there. Number one is 
uh, attacking and creative players always generate excitement. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, you can he- you can hear it from a straight away. There's the buzz, and this buzz isn't just happening here. This, this is, is happening brilliant. amongst the Arsenal fan base. So all of a sudden, we've had a, a summer where we're all thinking we're not spending any money. There's no deals that's been done. We've spent six million pound on an 18 year old that probably isn't going to get a chance for another few years in Martinelli. Yep. What the hell is going on? It's a little bit depressing. But now, you know, it seems like something's being mobilised. So, you know, that always always garners the interest of the fans and really gets people excited so there's that element too the final element which is the structured part of the deal which i find fascinating Mm. so we went to crystal palace and said we'll give you some money for sahar and they went no we want 80 million quid and we and as the sky sports sticker is showing as well everton aren't even going for the no, there is actually. Quid. We'll just give away that breaking news at the moment, is, and that is that Everton have bid fifty-five million for Zaha. Apparently, that's official. We already knew that they'd made the bid, but now they have chucked in officially Cenk Tosun and James McCarthy. That's so, a good deal for Palace, I do, think. Do you it's think a, so? <laughs> it's a bit underwhelming with Cenk Tosun in there, isn't it? But before he we went to Everton, he was a great player around Europe, wasn't he? When he was in Turkey, and yeah. they need another centre forward. I think and McCarthy, they've been Zaha can't well. be happy now at the moment because in his head he thinks he's getting Arsenal. So, so this is the interesting thing about this. So Zaha, so Crystal Palace have obviously said no, we want more money up front. Well, Everton have now obviously said here you go, here's more money up front. Zaha's not going to like that. But I find it fascinating that by Lille being a little bit more flexible. In the payment structure, the we've ended up we've ended up with a better player. Yeah, if it comes off, you know, Touchwood, and that's just baffling to me. Is there no way we could uh, get Zaha as well? I don't think without <laughs> selling. Mate. Well, not without selling. Do you know what I'm? I'm really keen to discuss here, fellas. Is the fact that Will Zaha on the surface is a very exciting player, like you said, an attacking winger takes people on, but it just has seemed from the outset, the moment you've been linked with Zaha. There hasn't been huge excitement amongst Arsenal fans. Is that fair compared I, to what I, we're seeing with Pepe? I don't. I've never really been a Zaha fan. People know me know that I don't like him. But I've convinced myself over the last three weeks that he's what we need. I, mm. I, I don't know. Now I've got Pepe. I'm over the moon. We've not got Zaha, mm. and and it might come back to bite me. He's scoring a hat trick. So he's definitely going to score against us. Yeah, playing, course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think he's. Uh, I don't like Zaha because I didn't like all the cheat. I, I think he's a bit of a cheat, right? And I've, I've, I've always thought that I don't like him. I think he's. We've been. Do you think he's a cheat? I think he goes down very easily. I think he the, waves his arms the, about referees. I think he leaves his foot in to get tackled, and when he doesn't, he still waves. His, I do think he's. He's good at it. The second penalty they got in the two-two draw at Palace, Selhurst Park. Jacker yeah. one. We left his foot. That wasn't a, a penalty. That was a. I'm jumping over you, and I'm going to yeah. kick you. And his pace gets him that, and 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 he. And he, and he and then he becomes, he feels he's a victim because he might get a kick by someone, the referee doesn't give it, and then he waves his arm. But I don't, I've never particularly liked him, but when I was with him, I found that I did start thinking he would be good for us. And he's an Arsenal fan as well, so yeah. you always like that. And we sort like of an stuff. English player as well. Yeah. He's not English, so but he's homegrown quoted. I didn't have a problem with Zahar. I thought he'd be, he'd add something different. I thought 80 million Pepe's was pre- different level. preposterous. I thought 80 million was preposterous. And as Everton, mind you, if Everton are valuing Tosan at 15, 20 million quid and McCarthy at 10 million, then, you know, that rounds it up to about the, the, the 80 million pound mark, I guess. But. I thought and that we was too much. And we were offering a Melnin and Jenkinson, which is about four quid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is interesting, like you say, the intricacies of these deals now. And Liam were obviously open to the fact that it's, what, 20 million up front and it's going to be 52 million split over four years. So yeah. 
That's 13 million per year. The fact that Liam were able to negotiate, and you kind of think it's a bit of an experience on Palace's part, which it shouldn't be yeah. with Steve Paris. You think that they might have been open to something. They got 50 million for Wan-Bissaka. If, if they wanted the cash from Zaha, they probably could have been a bit more intelligent on this one. Yeah, I think, and I think Arsenal's have done very well. They've, uh, something they've never done before, that Raul Sanelli's got George Mendes, the famous super agent, mm. Ronaldo, involved in the deal on behalf of Arsenal. Mm. So that's a big thing. Dealing with these agents and getting them on board. And I think that's the final, that's the final bit of the jigsaw now, the agent fees. And I think we were, we were quite willing to pay that. And Napoli wasn't as well, which I think mm. Lille uh, were very happy of us going with that, to be fair. But getting him involved is, it's, once again, shows a sign of progression for Arsenal. Arsenal Wenger would, would have nothing to do with these agents. The necessary evil, isn't it? We Everyone else is doing it. And people, it. you've heard so many stories from journalists talking about how Arsenal was seen as a bit of a joke because they wouldn't deal with the super agents. But it's, it's the necessary, it's everyone else is, so you can't. Avoid that these Absolutely. days. Absolutely. See that role. Who's the one um, when we done the Sanchez deal last year with Sanchez Mino and Riola. Mino Riola? That was completely done over Arsene Wenger's head. He mm. had nothing to do. He wouldn't deal with Manola, Ranola, and Rayola. Rayola. I'm thinking <laughs> of the Granola advert. <laughs> Conica Milton. Conica Milton. But no, it's Sir Alex Ferguson was the same. Couldn't stand the guy. Absolutely no. couldn't stand the guy. Would never do a deal as soon as Jose Mourinho came in. Bosh, every player signing for United was under his banner. Exactly. So, I mean, so it was... You have to... These players want to be with these agents because they're the best. Mm. Unfortunately, they want to be with the... And they make the most money because they're the best. So you can't cut your nose off, spite your face and not deal with these, these agents because you don't like them. You don't like the way they deal Unfortunately, football's evolved. <laughs> it has, and and it's obviously a very different game now. Just going back to where else Arsenal will strengthen, the fact you've brought in the players that you have, Ceballos and Pepe, hopefully that will happen. Obviously, Saliba going back to San Etienne for a season. Kieran Tierney is obviously almost over the line. Celtic are quite comfortable because they're like, well, we don't really need to budge. Arsenal need to pay the money. So if Tierney comes in, there is still that issue of the centre-back. Part of me thinks you're not going to sign a centre-back because if you do now, it's going to be completely out of the blue, right? Not really anybody has been linked. Rugani from Juventus. Yeah, right. Rugani from Two Juventus. Two-year loan deal. There's there been some talk tentatively about Umtiti from uh, Barcelona. Mm. Well, if Mustafi goes for 19 million, which is linked with at the moment, going to Roma. 19 million. So if all, if all Euros. Sudden, if all, yeah. 19 quid I'd take, and I'll drive him there, to be fair. Um, so you've got... If we lose Koscielny and Mustafi... They have to sign someone. That imperative. They have to. Mm. If holding not fit. What, what I don't understand, and a lot of Arsenal fans and everyone's not really talking about this though, is no one's going on about a right back. Yesterday we had Ainsley Maitland-Niles go off. I think off, you're thinking better in the comeback, didn't you? Yeah, but his his last season he was he was in and out. I of don't want Chambers there either. So so what are the options right now? You've got Maitland-Niles, which was unconvincing, and he hobbled off yesterday. And then you've got Jenkinson. I've got no idea why we aren't looking for a right back. I think we're going to see complete carnage in the last week of this transfer window. Across all teams, do you think? Across all teams. I think there's going to be one or two moves that spark it off, and then it's going to spiral out of control. What about your lot? Are your lot the same? Uh, I think it all depends on what happens with Harry Maguire, to be honest. I think the centre-back is where they're looking, and obviously, my lot being Man United, by the way, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> doesn't endear me to a lot of Arsenal fans listening, I'd imagine. But, <laughs> yeah, and Romelu Lukaku, and there's talk of Dybala, and obviously... And those uh, are big dark deals that could affect 
absolutely Lots of other clubs that's what i mean and then you're going to start to see it snowball and i for one i can't stand it i hate it when the transfer window gets to this point because you've got players who've, yeah and you've got players who have missed pre-season all of a sudden they're they're joining the team two days before the season starts in aston villa's case you've got 11 signings with marvelous marvelous nakamba signing today so that's another issue they're gonna to have to deal with with all these new cultures all these new environments the players that got them up there there's going to be an issue in the dressing room there because mm. hang on a second you haven't earned this and you're on a hell of a lot more money than mm. I am so yes plenty plenty more to come in the final week of the transfer window but after this we're going to be talking about the days when the transfer window wasn't so crazy and certain men that were likened to certain Brazilian legends were stars in Arsenal shirts Love Sport This is the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport Radio Me and Matt Beadle here with the guys from Gunnerstown Charlie East and Chris Howard Now chats, before we get on to the next bit about the Arsenal legend We've got to talk Sayer Kolasinac and Meza Ozil Now, apparently, well not apparently We've seen it on CCTV of course Held at knife point by armed robbers Who were looking to invade Meza Ozil's range Or whatever car it was that he was driving An unbelievable reaction from Kolasinac Someone you'd want to you want next year, don't you, really? It's just staggering what we've seen on the footage, isn't it? And you it, kind of wish it was longer. Yeah, no, I wish I'd have seen the whole thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, Ojo's been getting a lot of stick about the um, driving off. But nah. he had their two wives in the car. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, he, and he didn't drive no, off. He, didn't he, drive just, off. he no. just shifted his car. Yeah. But Kalaznets, the way he was bouncing about, like, he, was, yeah. he was ready to go, man. Off. He's ready for a ruck, isn't he? he is. And In fact, I'm sure I've seen a couple of the videos of the football, the, t- the, the football other players stuff. saying, um, you know, if someone was to get into a, a fight, who do you want in your corner? And I think it was a Bamiyang and Ozil or something like that. Klasinac. Both just went Klasinac. And I, th- I see a good video the other day. You know, he, he nearly kicked off with Lingard at the end of the game. United, yeah. we played you in the corner. And Gunduzi yeah. and someone come over and pulled Lingard away. And there's like little tweets that saying, they actually saved his life that day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw, I saw a great interview at the start of the season, I think, when um, Mkhitaryan and Koscielny were doing some sort of teammates thing and they had to describe who they who what, who what was on their piece of paper. And I think Koscielny said something like the hardest man in the club and Mkhitaryan straight away said, said 100%, yeah. he is the, high, he's the hardest Rupert man in the club. said it as well, another yeah. one I said, yeah. the whole could put body fat. Yeah. And there is a bigger issue here. We were discussing this in the break in that Kolasinac <clears throat> now can pretty much... Do no wrong. No. He could have an awful campaign next season, but he's a bit of an Arsenal hero now. He is. People people have just tried to take him now and love him. Like, it's brought him some goodwill for a period of time, but the season starts in a couple of weeks. So it only <laughs> takes a couple of uh, a little bit of crazy moments from him and uh, things might statue, change. Though. Yeah, after they've built and the statue. And the armband. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a worrying... Sort of, it's more of a social issue, really, and it's a, it seems to be a London thing more than anything else is this motorbike crime which Mm. actually let's let's not get away from the fact that this is happening with increasing prevalence and it's a bit worrying if I'm honest with you I mean I walk down the street in London now and I have to I I think every once in a while I think to myself should I just put my phone in my pocket just in case if I'm in certain areas and I don't want to think like that you know I live I live in this city I love this city I watch football in this city you know i've got mates all over this city i don't want to see i don't want to have to have th- thoughts like that but that is the reality it seems yeah and footballers quite clearly being targeted we've seen burglaries over the years with the likes of angel di maria andy carroll obviously in his car one day. Done in his car. absolutely so we've seen that and it's quite it's quite poignant that unai emery spoke out about both Urzel and kolasinac and arsenal are, are managing this situation really well he said look we're going to see each day how they're doing because they've obviously had a bit of time off didn't appear in the emirates cup we're going to check again how they are. This morning they came here, but they weren't ready to play the match. So it's good to see Arsenal are managing that situation well. And a player 
that would have absolutely been all over Kolasinac's bravery is this week's Legend of the Week. Yeah, it's the Legend of the Week on the Arsenal Fan Show, and it is, Charlie? It's only Ray Parler. The Romford Pele. Super, Ray. What a man. What a man. And that's the thing with Ray Parler. What a man. And he just comes across. Mm. I've been very fortunate to meet him a couple of times. I had a beer with him in his presence. And I've got to say, what an absolute gentleman. Someone who loves Arsenal as well. Like, I mean, a lot of legends are legends because of their footballing abilities. And he's someone who really loves the club, properly loves the club. And then he came up with some big goals. He's been there, looked like Charlie Dimmock with his, with his curly locks. Well, I mean, there, <laughs> there is so much to discuss about him. I mean, you talk about his big goals and the fact that he started life with that debut against Liverpool. Gave away a penalty in '92. <laughs> Obviously, the return fixture was absolutely brilliant when you romped like three 0 or yeah. something. I think a brilliant, brilliant yeah. result, um, and all kinds of controversy. I mean, you mentioned the goals. The goal in the FA Cup final against Chelsea mm-hmm. was brilliant. He had a man of match performance in '98 when you beat Newcastle and, yeah. and secured the double there. Never really got a career with England. He also said that Glenn Hoddle played a big part in that yeah. with the Eileen Drury short back and sides please and Hoddle seemed to think that he had disrespected his faith which was a real shame because he could have offered something at 98. <laughs> he tells some great stories though, doesn't he? He does. I've yeah. heard the one where he calls Southgate goes here Southgate first comes into the dressing room and he wanted to call him Gaffer. Lads, I'm, I'm now the Gaffer. Lads, can you... Uh, Called the experienced players, can you call me Gaffer? I don't want the young players or new players to be disrespected. He went, All right, Gaffer, no worries. He went, Can we still call you Big Nose? <laughs> <laughs> it's just part of, that old, like yeah, that. part of that old school nature. Obviously, the Tuesday club, there was that great moment, wasn't there, when he took um, Gilles Grimondi <laughs> out. They took him out, he said, Steve Bowles, that's it, and a small <laughs> glass of wine. Grimondi was like, Hang on, there's only five of us. Oh, yeah, we're it doing we're slugging the first one. Although, when he talks about where. Um, we, 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 when we won the double, Rapala scored the goal, didn't he? Uh, the Chelsea on yep, the plane yep. back, he's having a, a can of beer and thinking with him. Now, Ray, what are you doing? We've got Wednesday night, we've got Man United, Old Trafford, we've got to win the league. He went, sorry, sorry, Gaff, I won't do it again. Got off the plane, straight down the social club, everyone had him at like 15 to 1, absolutely slaughtered. Turned up with training, still lagging. Got got got, got to uh, the plane, went up to Manchester, we won the league at Old Trafford. He got actually the Sky Man in the match that day. Yeah. When he got the wall, um, Wenger went to him see Ray you listen to me you didn't have a drink you got man the match <laughs> and you don't hear those stories so much that you no. don't I mean whether it happens or not we don't know we don't hear about it with camera phones and all the rest of it you'd think we would I think Hong Kong was a big thing as well wasn't it when he was caught up with, yeah. in that brawl in Hong Kong and that's a really interesting story because they were on tour wherever they were and all of a sudden I mean it's interesting when you hear him tell the story because he said oh, I don't know what happened all of a sudden we were getting attacked <laughs> something must have happened yeah. before but a few you can players, imagine people are in oh, Gaza all together how, how, how much of a laugh they must have had and a few yeah. a few of them scuttled off down an alley and he had to I mean he got in prison didn't he and mm-hmm. had to pay the, the great thing about that was that he I think it was £12,000 in lawyer fees and he was only on 300 quid a week or something <laughs> at the time so it took him ages to pay that off but the beauty of it was that he had to stick around and had to fly back and one of the club reps had to stick around with him didn't want to obviously he just wanted to get back to England and Parler tells that great story of the fact that they were on the plane on the way back this club rep seething Parler turns to him couple of beers on the plane do you want to yes we go for it? Get a couple of beers I've been stuck out here for three days for crying out loud I'm not giving you any beers for crying out loud absolutely genius I mean do you know what I find just to, on a serious note the, the player himself Ray Parler 
one of the very, very few players that could, he evolved um, through the early mm. years. You know, he, he was in, I, I've got a video from 92 and I watched him in the early years and he was part of that culture and so many of them just died away and he, he, he made it through uh, Graham, yep. he made it through Rioc and then he joined Re- uh, uh, He loved Finger as well, didn't he? And he talked very highly of Finger. Yeah. 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 And, and I think that team, when we won the double in 98, he was played every game, right midfield. Yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. yeah Dove Miles, Petit, Vieira, Parla. That, that was that was your midfield. And that old school English midfielder that you thought might not have survived the Wenger no, exactly. regime. He scored a hat trick for Arsenal. Do you remember who it was against? I, I think I do. Go on. I'm going to take a total stab. Um, Chelsea. Nope, I was there and all away. Champions League. Werder Bremen. Werder Bremen. Good go. shout. There you go. Your knowledge is better than mine. I think he got man. another one as well, didn't he? In the Premier League? No, he got another one against Valencia. There we go. What yeah. a hat trick. Yeah. Wow. Impressive stuff. Yeah, a great, great player, Ray I'm really impressed you got that. Because go, no man. one gets yeah. that. Werder yeah. yeah. Bremen. Yeah, I remember good. that. Yeah. Look at him. He's all laughing with himself. Happy. He's got well, I won some points there. That was one of my questions that no one ever gets. Brilliant. But I did think he got one against Newcastle. Maybe I got that wrong. I thought he got one in the Premier League against Newcastle. I might be wrong. Who knows? Anyway, I'm going to stop there because I'm on a high. No, I think I think, you, I think you could be right. Yeah? I think you could be right. Okay. Fellas, I just want to finish up with a quick update on the hashtag we care to you. Yep. Obviously looking ahead to Barcelona as well. We care to you. Still going strong. From an outsider's perspective here, <coughs> I honestly see this as one of the most informed, productive campaigns I think I've seen from fans. Well, when we, I said before, we were at the first meeting and it was so, so stressed. He did get one against Newcastle. There we go. Did, yeah. 2000, 2001, a hat-trick, Ray Parler. So two hat-tricks for Arsenal. <laughs> Unreal. But what we said at the first meeting, it was very, we thought it was really important not to be a cronky out normal sort of campaign just against the owner. We wanted him to to care and, and do things properly. And, and I think that was the, it was very, as you said, it was very sensible. It wasn't like a, and there was still more things planned. There's things planned for the season that we've already got sort of in the diary that's going to go ahead. And they will still go ahead because just a couple of signings is all right. Well, we love that, but it's not about just the signings. It's about the club as a whole, and sort of where do we go as a club? For any human being that is um, making any kind of uh, casting any kind of aspersions or making any kind of assumptions on what the campaign was, I'd urge them just to look at that statement once again, because there were a lot of things said in that statement, and it wasn't we want the club to spend money. Um, in fact, I'm not even sure that that was even mentioned. Within it was the, mentioned uh, about the tr- there was an element it of was it. Was mentioned but about supporting the club and sort of the the, the playing field. I mean, we were put at one about lowest at the time. Yeah, it's, investment. It's for us. It is about again, as I said earlier, it's about accountability. Let's have people at the top of the organisation running the operational side of the business accountable. Let's also then let's have some transparency from the club around the European Super League. Let's talk around the. The, uh, the safe standing as well. So there's lots of stuff about it. Plenty of stuff coming up. Obviously, the Barcelona friendly to come and then the big season opener against Newcastle. So this is Love Sport Radio. We'll see you next time. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter.